Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the book of Acts, and we are in chapter 5. You may remember from the end of chapter 4 last time that it ended with a man named Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas. And we talked about Barnabas uh, being a good example. Um, His name means son of encouragement. He sold a field and he brought the money and he put it at the apostles' feet. And we know that he spends a lot of time with Paul. So we end chapter four with this really good example of selflessness. And then we move on to chapter five and we're given a poor example of Ananias and Sapphira. It says, now a man named Ananias together with his wife Sapphira also sold a piece of property. So also meaning Barnabas did, and he put his money at the feet of the apostles. So now when Ananias and Sapphira sell their property, it says with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. And so what happened here is Ananias and Sapphira said, here's all of the money from the sale of the property. We're giving you all of it. When in fact, they held some back and gave part, which is fine. It's all theirs. And so Peter says, look, it's all your land. It's all your money. Do with it what you want. But don't say that you're giving it all when you hold it back. Just say, hey, here's part of the sale of the property which is why he says, what made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. Great fear seized all who heard what happened. Then the young men came forward, wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. So theirs was not a selfless act. Theirs was a prideful act, trying to gain the respect of the people by saying they gave more. The next section of this chapter is entitled, The Apostles Heal Many. So the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed the Lord and were added to their number. Picking up in verse 15, it says, As a result, 
People brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. So remember back to verse 12, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And so the word spread and people brought those who were sick, those who were struggling, those who had anything wrong with them and at least laid them down at the place where Peter's shadow would fall on them as he passed by and they would be healed. This is very similar to something we'll read about in chapter 19 with Paul's handkerchief. Also, you'll remember that we talked about the woman that reached out and touched the edge of Jesus's cloak and she was healed of the bleeding. So it's obvious, but still let's point out that it's not the shadow, it's not the handkerchief, it's not even the cloak of Jesus' clothes, but it is the actual miraculous healing power of the Lord and his goodness to the people that made them well. That section ends with verse 16 saying, Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. Now we move on to the apostles being persecuted. Picking up in verse 17, then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. So it starts off with the high priest. So at that time, the high priest was recognized by the Romans as Caiaphas, but the Jews actually considered Annas, who's Caiaphas's father-in-law, to be the actual high priest because they believed that you held that position until you died. I know we've also spoken about the Sadducees before, but just a quick reminder that they were a Jewish sect, basically members of a priestly line. They controlled the temple and they did not believe in the resurrection or a personal Messiah. So here, the high priest, his associates, members of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. So hear that again. An angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. So he doesn't open the door and say, run away and escape. No, he opens the door to be the miraculous sign and says, stand there and preach the good news. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, which is the full assembly of the elders of Israel and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, we found the jail securely locked with a guard standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. Then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. Having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said, 
Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. You'll remember from chapter 3 when Peter was speaking that he said to these same people, You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. So here they're saying again that you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and determined to make us guilty of this man's blood, when in fact they are. But Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. Here Peter is referencing Numbers 21. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sin to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed them, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theodos appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed and his followers dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. So here he's explaining other people who have risen up and tried to start a revolution. None of it came to anything. And this particular part of scripture is the only place we know about those stories. But it came to nothing because its origin was from men. But here he says, if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Literally, they rejoiced. They rejoiced. They were full of joy because they had been counted worthy of suffering for the name of Jesus. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. And that ends chapter 5. We will pick up next time in Acts chapter 6.